This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, listeners. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 218, recorded Monday, May the 18th, 2015. Well, that's serendipitous. It is. 218 uh, on May, May the 18th. Perfect. And that's why we delayed from Wednesday, I assume. <laughs> yeah, of course. We were going to record last week on Wednesday, but something came up and we couldn't do it. So here we are on Monday, May the 18th, number 218. It's also long weekend Victoria Day celebrations here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Is it a holiday in the States today? No, next weekend is a holiday in the States. What's that, Memorial Day? I, I don't know. I think it is, yeah. Okay, so today's a day off for us up here in Canada. Are you spending it drinking beer, eating barbecue, and celebrating the Queen's birthday like you're supposed to be? Uh, I'm celebrating the Queen's birthday in a very special way. Uh, by uh, I did barbecue, and I did spend about four hours working, and uh, then I cleaned the kitchen. Like working, working? for your Yeah, working, working, yeah. Oh. I had to work today, yeah. That sucks. It's I worked a bit yesterday. I worked a bit on Saturday. It's uh, it's one of those things, which is also leads into why we had to delay from last Wednesday because uh, the fan got a little mucky with uh, you know that special kind of human muck that flies through the air every now and again. <laughs> you want to be careful with that. Yeah, at least it hit the fan and not me. Sure, but once it hits the fan, it tends to go over all over everything else. So. Oh, I got splattered, that's for sure. Well, we weren't recording, but we are here now, and it is Queen Victoria's birthday celebration. I don't know when her actual birthday was, but this is when we celebrate it here in Canada. Um, and uh, we do so by, you know, sitting outside, going to cottages, drinking beers, eating barbecue. It's pretty nice. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That's what you, I spent You had on. a good, uh, yeah, you uh barbecued and drank beer and sat outside pretty much and and started building my new deck so i'm very happy about that good 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 the other thing you and i did this weekend which is the first time we've gotten together in a while is i haven't uh, seen you in uh in the meet in quite some time i I realized i don't remember (laughs) the last time i actually was in your physical uh presence (laughs) or in the meet in the in the meet yeah it was it was a meet meeting No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> no meat, it wasn't. No meat came together when you and I saw each other yesterday. That's true. Yeah. We went and caught a late show of Mad Max colon Fury Road. Fury Road. Is there a colon in the name of that movie? I, I couldn't tell you. I assume there is because you need a colon to separate the name of the character from the name of the road. I would think so. So Mad Max colon Fury Road. And the reason we went to see this is because Mad Max, it occurred to me, is one of the movies that is more commonly referenced on this podcast, mostly by you. Well, that's because I keep thinking that everybody's going to come back with a, uh, a tanker truck full of gasoline that, uh, whether it needs to be a, a fight of some kind on the, on the tanker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you talk about Mad Max a lot. Yeah. And so we decided to go see this new Mad Max movie and I want to know what you thought about it. Cause we walked out of there, went our separate ways and haven't spoken till right now. Yeah, that's true. So overall, I really liked it. I okay. thought the, the vehicles were fantastic. There's that new rat rod uh, kind of, uh, it's a way of, of modifying vehicles. You're, are you familiar with this with this craze? No. Uh, well, look it up. Look up a rat rod. It's a new way, uh, well, not new probably, but it's a way of modifying vehicles to make them look kind of hodgepodge, cool, steampunk uh, 
uh, it's, you know, it's not like clean lines and awesome paint jobs. It's like you just bolt on whatever the hell you could find and make it look like really post-apocalyptic cool. And I think that this, uh, this movie very much leaned into that craze. And, uh, so I was really happy with, uh, with the design of the vehicles. I thought, the, I thought they were fantastic. I thought the acting was good. Action was good. It actually kept me uh, interested. Usually there was a you know, a time period where anytime there was any kind of action scene or God forbid a car chase, I would fall asleep. But this movie was basically a car chase. So, mm-hmm. and it kept me enthralled through the entire movie. So overall, I really liked it. That's good. I thought it was pretty good too. Now, I, I the other thing is though, I think this movie, and just so everyone knows, we will get to Walking Dead stuff in a minute. We got listener feedback and things like that coming up and, and a review and so on. But um I thought this movie was was pretty good, but I think it's benefiting a little bit from low expectations. I'm not trying to say it was bad, but I don't know that it was the like 95, 98% good that it has on Rotten Tomatoes right now, or at least when I checked, it was 99%, I think. Right. And I, I agree with you. It was cool. The vehicle design was really awesome. The production design in general was really amazing. It, it looked neat, but there wasn't much to it other than a big, long action scene car chase. Well, yes, but I don't think that's low expectations. I think that's meeting expectations. I mean, when you say, I want a Mad Max movie, what do you got? You got a tanker truck that you're trying to fend off from, uh, you know, oncoming attackers. And that's, yeah. that's what I want out of a Mad Max movie. And that's what this movie gave me. It is. It, it, it really, it, that's really all it was. And and I, com- I completely understand that. Uh, what I did like about it was... Um, like I said, the production design, how it seemed like everything was shot in fast motion a little bit. Yep. Like even when, uh, like this movie barely slows down for a second. There's a couple of slower scenes where characters actually talk to each other, but not many, but when they're, when they're driving and they're being attacked and they're reloading weapons and stuff, it all seems like it's happening at like hyperspeed. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Like it keeps you it keeps you uh, paying attention. You're, you're well, not gonna... it wasn't that super hyperspeed where you don't understand the context, though. The entire context of whatever they were doing was there. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. well, uh, I thought so. I thought it was really well shot and, uh, and edited. I don't think it was that fast, kind of all you see is fist flying. And, uh, but that's not I what I under... mean. Like, it, 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 yes, you don't, I, I wouldn't agree that you don't completely lose, you'd never lose context, because I did once or twice in the movie, but... I, what I mean is just like, you could see what was going on, but it seems like people's hands were always moving really fast or, you know, like it was just hyperspeed, which was okay. And that kind of worked for what this was. Um, but it wasn't, uh, like the shaky cam problem where people are fighting and it's cameras too, too up close and shaking and you can't see, you can't keep context of what's going on. I think it had that problem occasionally, um, but not, it wasn't a serious yeah, issue with this movie. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, some really amazing, I don't know, costume design even and, and fun oh, yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, I, I think saying that there wasn't much to it other than a car chase, you're right. I think that's actually kind of an okay thing that might even be a compliment for this movie because, uh, <laughs> there was a plot. I mean, the reason for the car chase was solid. It was solid. It was just like, who cares? <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it, it catered to both uh, both needs. If you need a plot, they had one. Mm-hmm. If you don't give a shit about the plot, then this movie's for you anyway, because who cares about the plot, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. Some a lot of explosions, a lot of stuff blowing up. Um, yep. you, you couldn't touch anything in this movie without it exploding. Well, that's because it's uh, post-apocalyptic, and for some reason, everybody still really needs gasoline. Well, they they need to drive their rat rod cars all over the place. For some reason, I looked that up. It look <laughs> it does look really cool. Just, oh, rat rods are cool. There's all kinds of shows on the Discovery Channel where people build rat rods nowadays. Yeah, it seems fun. All right, so Mad Max colon Fury Road is uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, unless you're expecting some really deep plot heavy movie, which uh, if you are, this is the wrong film for you. Oh yeah, it's you have gone to the theater in error. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. So we are going to do some Walking Dead stuff here on the show today. Of course, we're going to go through the latest Walking Dead news. um, And we're going to do a review later on of iZombie, the first couple episodes of the new TV show iZombie. But first, we are going to do a little bit of listener feedback. Listener feedback. So the first one here comes from Jim. We got a few emails and a call. And this is just kind of stuff that came in, you know, towards the end of Walking Dead season five, or maybe after people with some thoughts or reacting to something that we said. And I thought I'd just throw a few in here to get sort of rounded out on everything, caught up and address some of these issues, which I think were a little bit important. So the first one here comes from Jim in Maine. And Jim says, uh, this is about, you know, options for dealing with Pete. So remember Pete? I remember Pete. And one of the things... I was saying at least is I couldn't, you know, come up with a really good solution for Pete because of the circumstances. Right. Well, Jim writes, Deanna has no way to discipline Alexandrians except to exile them. Rick's way is to just kill miscreants. There are a lot of other options. First off, publicizing the behavior, get peer pressure to do the work. Would it affect Pete's behavior if everybody knows what he's doing? Perhaps. Second, lock up the booze. How is he getting drunk? Or is he an ass all the time? There's a lot of reasons to lock up the booze, saving it for medical or trade purposes, and preventing people from getting drunk and acting inappropriately. Third, pain and loss can be effective motivators. Moving Pete to another house is a good measure that should have happened a long time ago. Basically, discipline requires some consent by the disciplinee. If the person being disciplined wants to be part of the group, they have to admit guilt and accept the punishment. So... What Jim is saying there at the end is that uh, you, most people, when doing something bad, I think, would realize that, you know, at a certain point, it's better off for them to be part of the group and be safe and be living there and so on than to continue their bad, inappropriate behavior. Right. So, what about good old fashioned scarlet letter? Like, that's peer pressure, right? Mm hmm. Put a scarlet letter on them, for, you know, uh, some kind of V for violence. Not for Vendetta. <laughs> v and, for Violent, uh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, he has to walk around with this stupid V on his uh, on his chest to let it, you know, just to shame him. Public shaming. Well, that's the thing. Get peer pressure to do the work if he feels yeah. shame and then so on. So I think maybe when I was thinking that moving to him to a different house or just separating the two wouldn't be effective, maybe it would have a little bit more of an effect when you consider those kind of influences. Yeah. I was just thinking, you you move him away, what's stopping him from just sneaking back in the night and doing something horrible? But maybe if he feels the shame for being separated and everyone knows this, maybe that would be enough to, you know, get him to realize what he's doing and change his ways. Yeah. So there are options. 
there are options and, and, uh, you know, they just weren't coming to me at the time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jim. Uh, this is a call from Floyd in Lancaster, Ohio, and he had some words about the cans hanging from the, the, uh, Walker trap that Daryl and Aaron got stuck in. Right. Hey guys, this is Floyd from Lancaster, Ohio calling in. Hey, uh, in regards to the, uh, the cans, uh, from the string, I just assumed that was them trying to get walkers to come to that area. Um, then they would uh, carve the W in their head, throw them in the fence. Um, yeah, I just assumed that was trying to attract walkers there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. So, thanks. All right, so attracting walkers there so they could uh, use put more walkers, I guess, into their trap. Right. Right, if the wind is blowing those around, making noise. It still doesn't really explain why Daryl wouldn't notice that and be like, hey, something's going on here. Yeah. But that could be the purpose, right? Yeah, it could be. I just thought, I thought it was weird that, uh, you know, they wouldn't notice. Oh, you know, cans, whatever. Yeah, that's right. I guess uh, they've always been hanging there, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's how truckers, uh, you know, drive around when they're uh, moving canned goods. They tie cans to their uh, <laughs> uh, to their trucks. <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. And uh, fill the inside with mattresses and dead people. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes. So, Only the really, you know, bad truckers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Thanks, Floyd. Paul on the internet writes, I have loved the Walking Dead TV series since its pilot episode, but I'm getting so frustrated seeing our good guys constantly making the same fatal mistakes over and over again. Namely, the good guy encourages or encounters a bad guy. They get attacked by the bad guy, but manage to escape. They let the bad guy live. When they get at least one opportunity to kill them, the bad guy does lots of bad stuff afterwards until finally, several episodes later, the good guy, who should have killed him initially, finally does. Rick Grimes has done this several times throughout the series to so many people like Shane, the governor, two of the prisoners, Gareth at Terminus, Pete at Alexandria, and there are others. Michonne and Andrea did this with the governor on separate occasions. Glenn did this repeatedly with Nicholas, Tyrese did this with the kid outside Terminus, and the list goes on. This repetition makes the show so frustrating to watch. I understand why they do it, but it is really starting to make our good guys look stupid. I hope the story writers give us something better. Otherwise, it'll make the show way more predictable than it already is. That's true. What do you, what do you feel about that? I mean, is it time that they stop just encountering people surviving a bad guy or escaping a bad guy just to let the bad guy like show up again before they kill him. Is, is it true that the show becomes predictable? I don't know. Well, I think the show is predictable, but I you know when you do things over and over again, it becomes a theme and that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of my favorite shows are predictable. Law and order is predictable, but I loved law and order. I'm so, I was sad to see it go. Every episode was predictable. You know, a crime was committed and the most famous guest actor on the show is guilty. That's it. <laughs> right. But, but is that, a, I mean, that works for that sort of show and not because it's a theme, but because it's a formula. Right. Is the walking, does the walking dead need to be stu stuck in this sort of like good guy shows up, good guy goes away, good guy comes back and then they kill him formula? Bad guy goes away, bad guy comes back, and then they kill him. Sorry, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I do, yeah, well, that's why I'm, I'm clarifying, is because I do know what you mean. Um, 
I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, now you, you, you kind of point that out so blatantly, it does, it does seem kind of obvious that it is a, uh, a formula that, that they tend to follow. And maybe from this point forward, uh, it won't ever come back to that formula. Maybe it'll be, you wrong me, I kill you, you son of a bitch, from now on. But then that becomes a formula. So maybe they just need to shake it up. Right. And they've tried to do that. I mean, Rick, you know, he's he's gone from pacifist Rick to dictator Rick, all these different things. Although no matter what his mindset seems to be, it always feels like we encounter a bad guy and given the chance to eliminate bad guy, they don't until they absolutely have to. And it's kind of a storytelling thing, right? It's a plot. It's a tension thing that they, I guess they have to do, but... I can see Paul's point. They're doing it a fair bit and on different scales, even like the governor, I feel like is sort of a, a grander scale, whereas the Pete problem was a bit more of a, a local issue. And even no matter what, though, they always sort of let the guy live. Now, to be fair, Rick did want to kill Pete or he. it seemed like he wanted to kill him right off the bat, you know, right. but he was being influenced by outside forces like Deanna. True. I mean, the way I think of it is in my daily life, if I encounter someone that is, you know, pissing me off, uh, I try and deal with them and get them on their way. And eventually they'll come back and piss me off again. But, uh, you know, what are, what really are my choices? Do I, uh, I rage quit and take my ball and go home? Or do I kill the son of a bitch because he's pissing me off too much? Uh, you know, I wouldn't do that right away. I'd try and deal with the situation and get rid of the guy or get rid of the person that's pissing me off. And I think that's what they're doing. I think that's, it, it's kind of a realistic way to deal with things is to, uh, to, you know, hopefully they will learn from their, uh, the fact that I beat the crap out of them and let them live. Uh, and they will go away and, and never bother me again. That's the hope. Yeah. But, but there's in the, in the zombie apocalypse, there's so much more at stake. Like you can, you can learn your lesson and go away, but you still need food and shelter and clothing and all that kind of stuff. So you get desperate and then you, you come back and you're still a bad guy when you come back. Yeah. But you know, in the zombie apocalypse, it's one of those things where you either fight for us or you fight for them, right? The more people you kill, the more people the zombies have to kill you. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you let them live, they're going to probably fight zombies at some point. And that's probably a good thing overall. I guess so. That's Whether true. they're a jerk or not. Thin the herd a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they do going forward. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Alexandria, but we're probably going to encounter a new bad guy or a new bad group at some point soon. So um, they're going to have to let them live for a while and then deal with them later. Yep. <laughs> All right. Finally, Emily in Santan Valley, Arizona. She started watching the series over from the beginning and she noted something and she wrote in, uh, I have realized that I miss the old Daryl Dixon. He was such a total jerk at times, but he had so much personality. Some of his smart-ass comments would make me laugh, like when he called Lori olive oil. And I love things like when Dale told Andrea not to beat herself up about shooting Daryl because we've all wanted to shoot Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now he seems so quiet that I barely hear him talk anymore. I hope Daryl can come out of his shell in the future. Well, that would be good. And when you think about it, yeah, think about it. Like back in season one and two, Daryl was this like shit talking loud mouth prick that you almost didn't want around except that he was good with a crossbow. Now he's all quiet and emo and 
you know, he's he's so competent in everything he does. He's not like the old reckless Daryl at all. Right. The shit talking Daryl is a defense mechanism for people he doesn't know. Right. But now he knows these people. So he's he's more quiet and he's more reserved and he's more, uh, you know, affable. But, you know, if he gets into a situation where he feels uncomfortable and threatened and has to determine his pecking order in life, the shit talking squirrel throwing Daryl is going to come back with a vengeance. I bet you. No, that's true. You you can never really take that out of the guy. Right. But um, I feel like Emily's onto something here, though, that old Daryl, he's maybe not as deep a character, but he's a more entertaining character when he's throwing squirrels and he's more of a caricature than a character. I don't know. Come on. That's that being the, the old Daryl's a character, isn't he? Now he's well, yeah. just a quieter, like more introspective kind of character who's who's got more to, you know, got more on his mind and sort of he thinks about things more instead of just reacting to things. Well, maybe now that he knows his brother is dead, that uh, he can calm down a little bit. Maybe his rage was uh, was Merle's fault. And now that Merle is gone, he can uh, he can finally let go. And just become relaxed and easygoing. And that's right. Be like the mellow dude. It, it Come on, is. man, just let it go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Emily has a point. I would like to see, like Daryl was the, he was the Sawyer of this show, right? He was the guy giving people nicknames like olive oil. And well, that's why you got to be careful too, because you start to, you know, you start making him into Sawyer. Everybody's going to jump on your head for making him Sawyer. Like if he's mm-hmm. coming up with a new nickname for everybody, every episode, it's going to be like, well, there's Sawyer. Yeah, I know. They can't do that. But there's some, there's got to be a balance somewhere in between, you know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Daryl. Maybe he, now that, you know what, maybe now that he's out on the road, he's working with Aaron, he'll be out there, he'll encounter more people that he doesn't know, and we'll see old, you know, shit-talking Daryl come back a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And I might be okay with that. I'd be all right. All right. Thanks, you guys, for writing in. Of course, we're in the off season. We're in the summer. But if you still want to send us email, you can uh, you can do that. Talking Dead Podcast at gmail.com. And throughout the summer, we'll uh, we'll get some stuff on the air if we can. Next up is this. The Walking Dead News. Okay, The Walking Dead News. There's a fair bit of news. We're going to talk about the spinoff series here a little bit. Uh, well, a fair bit, actually. But first, there's a couple of other news items. It's been a bit of a rough month or maybe six weeks for a couple of Walking Dead actors, Jason. I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but uh, two of them have had a little bit of a little bit of public problems lately. All right. What's going on? Well, Seth Gilliam, uh, you know him, of course, as the actor who plays uh, Father Gabriel. Mm hmm. Well, he was recently arrested for uh, a DUI, which is... And again, another one, we had uh, Herschel got arrested for a DUI. He he did. Herschel got arrested. uh, um, Scott Wilson, anyways. So Gilliam, he was... He was charged with driving under the influence in Peachtree City, Georgia. He was pulled over for doing 107 miles per hour in a 55 zone. 107 miles per hour is too fast anywhere. Like, unless you're on a professional track, closed track with, uh, I don't, yeah, it's just, it's too fast for street driving. It, it Drunk is. or not, 50 mile an hour zone or not, 
It's just too fast. Yeah. So according, uh, this is according to police, driving 107 miles per hour. He was arrested after police discovered a marijuana cigarette in his car. And at the Fayette County Jail, he was charged with DUI, drug possession, and speeding. So he had a bit of a rough day, which yeah. is which is too bad for him. Um, so it's not too bad for him. He he got uh, he sorry. was drunk. He was driving too fast. He had marijuana. He got arrested. Awesome for the cops. Well, like no, that, that is way wrong. Absolutely. I I, yeah, I, I mean, drinking is fine. Smoking marijuana. Do what you got to do, but don't get in your friggin' car and drive 107 miles an hour. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Chad L. Coleman is the other guy who's had some problems lately. He was filmed uh, freaking out on the New York subway. Okay. Um. So you can go watch the video of this if you really want to, which I have done. But he he basically unleashes a rant on um, the people around him in the subway. Now, I'm not entirely clear of what was going on there. And he claims that, you know, he was not drunk, high, anything like that. I think he was just maybe having a bad day. And um, Chad claims that there was a couple on the subway trying to figure out where they recognized him from and one of them ended up using the n-word which which set him off so so the other thing is he like he starts yelling about where's the humanity things like that but i I don't know exactly what it was talking about because i've only seen the video but he has since apologized and uh the the thing is the guy taking the video claimed that none of that n-word stuff ever happened so there's some conflicting reports there i don't believe any charges are being laid or anything like that it's just uh chad coleman had a bad day and started yelling at people on the subway yeah that i don't care about you know if you're gonna yell on the subway fine sometimes you know it's a day we're living a day and age where if you're gonna freak out on the subway somebody's gonna film it and put it on youtube so yeah i don't have a problem with that i I mean, mean if somebody if somebody Use the N word and called him called him a name that's unacceptable and uh, should be yelled at. Uh, but if you're going to freak out on the subway, I don't care who you are. Chances are you're going to get filmed and it's going to end up on YouTube. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, Chad Coleman didn't really do anything wrong. He just got a little heated and a little upset. Yeah, he didn't punch anybody. He just yelled a lot and then sat down and continued talking. <laughs> Maybe it was staged. Maybe he's trying to get publicity. There ain't no such thing as bad press. Well, I suppose, unless you're pulled over doing 107 and 55 miles. That's on. not press. That's that's a felony. That's a felony. <laughs> that's true. Well, Scott M. Gimple was asked about both of these incidents, and he didn't have a lot to say other than that both of these guys are still part of the Walking Dead family. So, right. Nothing to worry about there. Yeah, we accept felons. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. There's yeah. been a couple of them now. Uh, all right, let's move on to something else. McFarland Toys. So you know them, of course. They're the company that puts out all the amazing Walking Dead action figures. Yep. And they've got a new round coming. And they look amazing, Jason. Yeah. This, right. I think this is the best looking series of action figures they have done. So they're putting out, these are TV action figures, not comic figures. And they're putting out Tyrese, Bob, Dale, Eugene, Bearded Rick, Morgan, and Carol. And Carol is Terminus Infiltration Carol, which is amazing. That is cool. She's got the big poncho on, covered in in goop. Um, Morgan is fantastic looking. I think Eugene looks amazing. Tyrese looks fantastic with the hammer. Uh, 
I got to admit, I really want this set because they're so good looking. Where are you going to put them? You're going to put them out or you're just going to buy them and keep them in a box someplace? Well, I, if I get them, I should put them out. I have the originals still in the box from five years ago when they started this series. True. Um, I've never taken them out of the box, but these, man, these just look so good. I want to take them out, put them on my shelf. Well, yeah, your kids are almost old enough where they can deal with them. Uh, almost. I mean, they, they can. I mean, the Carol one is a little bit gruesome and the Tyrese one, he has got a bloody arm there, but the others, you know, they're okay. Other than holding shotguns and stuff like that. Your kids are aware of the show, right? That's daddy's show. Yep. They're aware of the show. Yeah. And they're aware. They're not allowed to watch it, I assume. No, definitely not. Yeah. No, they're afraid. They're afraid to watch anything that's considered an adult show. (laughs) Well, they should be because adult shows are scary. They are. They are. Uh, Anyways, these are fantastic looking action figures. So if you're a collector of figures or even if you're not, you just want to get into it. I think McFarlane has outdone themselves. On this, on this round. I don't know if you have a picture up in front of you or not, but... I don't. They're so good. All right, well, I'll post a link to these in the show notes for when we uh, when I post this episode, but really, really good looking, so good on McFarlane, and I may have to go get a set of these. You should do it. All right, uh, let's move on to the last news item, which is a big one, and this is about Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. If you recall, that is, of course, the new series that's coming out. Oh, I very much recall. Very good. There's a whole bunch of new information about it right now. Okay, good. The first thing is the director of at least the first three episodes has been announced, and uh, maybe more, but it's a guy named Adam Davidson, who, and he's got tons and tons of notable TV credits, including Hell on Wheels, About a Boy, Community, Hung, Parenthood, Friday Night Lights, and Big Love. That's just the list. That's all over the map. I know, but that's okay. I mean, he's versatile, right? Yeah. That's the way I see it. So he's done all kinds of stuff. So they didn't skimp on the director uh, here. They they went for a guy with lots of experience. Hopefully he'll bring all that experience to the show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? We found out recently that this show is shot on digital, unlike the main show, which is shot on 16 millimeter film. Cheaper. Definitely cheaper. So it could have a different quality, different look to it, you know? Yep. yep. We're, we're not going to get the graininess of film unless they add that in because they can do it in post, right? But without that, we're going to get the more crisp, clear HD digital kind of looking effect. Yeah. Which I guess is okay. It's just just different, but that's, interesting yeah, to note. Yeah. Um, and Robert Kirkman recently... I, I don't want to say announced, but I also don't want to say let slip because he just sort of said it in an interview in the response to a question that the show will debut in August. He's lying. <laughs> no, he may be. I mean, <laughs> but why would he lie about this? It's just it's going to debut. Why would he lie about anything? He just does. No, he does. I know that he does. But <laughs> this was on comicbookresources.com. He was talking about the show. They asked him a question. He said something like, I can't wait for everyone to check it out when it debuts in August. Right. So it doesn't sound like a lie. No, it did. Yeah. Uh, so it probably isn't a lie. I just have my suspicions. Right. But this makes sense. Why would he lie about that? I mean, he's not talking about content. He's talking about, uh, you know, show premiering. So when you that can see I can get on board with. But, you know, if he had been talking about content in any way, shape or form, it's obviously a lie. Well, I got lots more quotes from him coming up in a minute. So you They're can- all lies. You can- Analyze those. No, no just blanket statement. I, I won't, you know, dig into the minutia there, but just, just all absolute lies. <laughs> this man is a liar. Here's what I think, though. Um, the Walking Dead main show comes back middle of August. 
Uh, sorry, middle of October. O- October, yeah. Right. And let's say they move that up a week sort of to the first half of October. This show will debut the last week of August, mm-hmm. run for that week, plus the four weeks of September, plus the first week of October, and it will finish the week before the main show starts. Right, because there's six episodes planned. There are six. Right. So that, that sounds perfect. So I didn't look at a calendar to look up the dates, but we could probably figure out, assuming this is going to run on Sunday nights, uh, we could probably figure out when exactly this show is premiering. Right. So this is a, this is a Walking Dead uh, season six appetizer. Uh, it's kind of an appetizer. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Let's say Sunday, August the, well, 30th is is a Sunday. So it could be the 30th. It could be as early as the 23rd. Right. I'm going to say 30th, and then it'll run September 6th, 13th, 20th, 27th, and then October the 4th, yep. and The Walking Dead comes back October the 11th. That makes sense. I think I think we've just figured it out right there. Yeah. Why would they put a week in between? You know, they're just going to run them right together. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. All right. So let's write that down. I think we can look forward to that this fall. Except that I think that Robert Kirkman was lying that it'll start in the first week of September, which pushes, pushes everything back by one week, uh, having The Walking Dead come back on the 18th of October, which makes more sense to me. Yeah, the 18th does sound like a more appropriate day for the main show to come back. But if it does come in August, it's going to be that last Sunday in August. Yeah, so that's why I think it's going to happen in September, which makes Robert Kirkman lie. Because <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> he All may right. have been mistaken. He may have been planning that. Uh, so I'm not necessarily saying it is a lie. I just think that uh, September makes more sense to me. Yeah, you're, you could be right. We'll see. Uh, right after that, would that be after Labor Day? Probably. Labor Day is probably the first, I don't know, we can figure this out later, but yeah, the 6th of September would be after the Labor Day or during the Labor Day weekend. Labor, would th- Labor Day weekend is the 6th, 7th, so 5th, 6th, 7th. Right. So would they put it on Labor Day? I don't know. No, they wouldn't. They do it on the 13th, which pushes everything back to the 25th of October. Yeah, they're not going to just it. before Halloween. No. See, it's coming on August 30th. It has to. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. We'll talk about the cast. So the IMDb has all kinds of cast members for this show listed now. To briefly re- recap, we already know about Kim Dickens. She's going to be on the show. And Cliff Curtis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Dickens, I'm not sure we knew their character names before now, though. She'll be playing a character named Madison. And Cliff Curtis will be playing Travis. I think we may have heard of that name before. I'm not sure, though. It's been a while since we talked about these two. And we also know that Alicia Debnam Carey will be playing Kim's daughter, whose character's name is Alicia, or maybe Alicia. I'm not sure how you how they're going to pronounce that. And we know that Frank Delane will be playing uh, Travis's son, Nick. And we recently found out now that he will have another son played by Lorenzo James Henry named Chris. And Lorenzo has been on things like Star Trek, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, and the show Seventh Heaven. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but we've both seen the Star Trek movie, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, And then Nick is apparently a college dropout, and his other son, Chris, all we know about him is that he resents his father for breaking up with his mom. 
And his mom apparently will be played by Elizabeth Rodriguez, whose character name is Liza or Lisa. It's L-I-Z-A. So maybe Liza. Liza. Lisa. I don't know. Well, it's not Liza. Liza. <laughs> you never know. Who knows? Um, and Elizabeth Rodriguez, you will recognize from shows like Orange is the New Black, Grimm, Prime Suspect, and uh, <laughs> All My Children, if that's your thing. <laughs> it is not my thing, but uh, I do recognize her, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she's the mother of of Chris. Uh, now, I don't know if she's also Nick's mother. I, I It wasn't clear in the uh, information that was released. So... That's the sort of the the core cast, the way I the way I see it. Now, IMDb also lists Mercedes Mason, an actor I'm not familiar with, but playing a character named Ophelia in seven episodes. Right. And um, Mercedes has been in things like Anger Management, Californication, 666 Park Avenue and Chuck. So she's been around too, doing stuff. I don't know if you recognize her at all. I'll have to look her up. All right. Um, and then one more character who's listed for seven episodes, but doesn't have a name yet. And the actor is Ruben Blades, another guy that I think I've seen around, but I couldn't have picked him out of a crowd if, uh, if you had asked me to. Right. So other than that, um, IMDb has a bunch of other characters listed, but they're all sort of generic and most of them, most of them in just one episode. We've got characters like high schooler, cheer captain, physics teacher, druggie, nurse, ICU doctor, orderly, and good Samaritan. Oh, that actually I find exciting. Do you? I do, because uh, that means that, you know, this this show is going to take place, you know, right at the beginning of the outbreak, Mm -hmm. which I really like that idea. And uh, so the fact that we have all these different, uh, we're going to have... You know, shit going down in high school, shit going down in the hospital, and then everybody kind of freaks out and has to run away and deal with all this crap, and then they'll meet up later at the mall and uh, hunker down, because that's what you do at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. You go yep. to the mall. Of course. And then you lock all the doors and then uh, fight with your fellow mall patrons. Of course. Well, it's pretty clear that we are going to have two primary locations, that being a high school and a hospital. Yeah. Now, I wonder if those, like, I don't know, are they next door to each other or are we going to have two separate storylines happening before they before they merge together? I think two separate storylines. Yeah. That'll be pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Because then you can have the two storylines playing off each other, right? You bring one to a crescendo and then jump over to the next one. You bring that to a crescendo and you use them as a ladder to build the excitement up until they eventually meet. A seesaw or a teeter-totter. Yeah. As they the kids call them. Um, that'll be cool. I believe Kim Dickens as Madison and Cliff Curtis as Travis are both high school teachers or high school employees anyways. So they will primarily be in the high school. Um, who knows who's going to be over in, uh, in the hospital because we don't really have any named characters that seem like, seem like hospital people yet. Yeah. Maybe they'll end up at the hospital. Yeah. That's true. Um, so lots of stuff going on there. Um, now... We have, uh, here's my quotes from Robert Kirkman. So he said a bunch of stuff about, uh, about this new show. The first one is, Fear the Walking Dead takes us back to the earlier, more dangerous, more terrifying days of The Walking Dead, said Kirkman. A time when danger was lurking around every corner, and the thing most likely to get you killed was your own ignorance of the rapidly changing world around you. The stakes are going to be higher and the ride more intense. We're going to show people all the insanity of civilization crumbling that Rick Grimes slept through. So buckle up. I don't detect any lies there. I just detect awesomeness. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Everything that Rick's, Rick slept through, that's all right. It does sound pretty good. Okay, Robert Kirkman also had this to say. Now, Entertainment Weekly just posted this article today, and I pulled out three quotes from it. So here's what he had to say. One of the first one, there's a large cast in this show, just like there's a large cast in The Walking Dead. And you should be scanning this for lies as I read, of course. Okay, so far good. We're, we're okay. Okay, he goes, but I think at its core, it is a story of Travis and Madison, who are these two school teachers that both have kids from previous marriages and are very much in love. And then one of the things that really excites me about this show is the fact that this is a show about two people who are a team and they do back each other up. They do love and respect each other. They're a happy couple, which is something that you don't see a lot of on cable television these days. That's true. Well, how do we know? It may or may not be. Well, I mean, you don't see happy couples on, uh, oh, except for Castle and uh, Beckett. They're yeah, that's couple, true. They? Yeah, oh, they're a happy couples. As and far as I know, team. I've you know I'm in like a season or two behind on my Castle, but uh, yeah, that's that that's true. Not a lot of happy couples. Not a lot of teams. So it'll be nice to have a, a team happy couple doing you know, the zombie apocalypse thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it will, it will be good. We don't have to worry about all the, the tension in, inside their relationship and we can focus on the tension of, you know, zombies trying to eat you constantly. Yeah, that'll be nice. All right. Well, Robert. None of this Rick, uh, Rick, Shane, Lori, you know, bullshit. Whose baby is it? That kind of thing. Right, right. We're, we're beyond all that. So uh, Robert Kirkman also said, if you think about the way a zombie outbreak would happen, it would happen very organically. It would be happening for a while behind the scenes. In pockets of civilization, there would be news stories that didn't really make sense and didn't seem connected. And that's kind of where we pick things up. There are lots of things in the news. There's a lot of chatter and paranoia and concern. And yet the vast majority of the population is ignoring these things and going on talking about their daily lives. Right. So we're going to start in a high school, probably just a regular day at school, people teaching. We're going to start in a hospital, you know, people coming and going. And then somebody's going to come in with a bite mark and they're going to try to treat it. And that guy's going to die and then maybe seemingly wake up again. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen that fast. I think that uh, if they're going to do it right, there's a couple of things that has to happen. One is that, uh, is the is the pilot episode a 90 minute pilot? Do we know? As far as I know, it's just an hour. Okay. I just, I'm thinking that uh, they need to make it compelling without the zombie apocalypse uh, full on in your face. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we want to feel like it's everyday life uh, and then the zombie apocalypse happens organically, then that everyday life has to stretch out to the point where we care about the characters in their everyday life. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, they have to carry on their everyday life for a while. And that carrying on of their everyday life has to be compelling. On its own. So are you talking about episodes, like all first season, know. maybe? I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that the entire six episodes is uh, the the entirety of the beginning of the uh, uh, zombie outbreak. Like the actual, it's not a full-on apocalypse until episode six. That'd be awesome. I think you're absolutely right. I think that would be great to just make this a show about school teachers and hospital employees, <laughs> however that dynamic works, I don't know. Right. Um, but, uh, but you're right. And then there are little things dropping in here and there. And like Robert Kirkman says, just on the news, little pockets of civilization, there were reports of weird stuff happening, but nobody's really putting two and two together yet. And if they stretch that out and then they finish the season with 
oh my god, the world is ending. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be that'd be good. I would like that. The and the trick is to you know make their real lives compelling enough. It is or, for sure. Know, sprinkle little things in, like the, the hospital's easy because you can bring in people that have a bite mark, and I'm like, well, son of a bitch, this guy bit me on the subway, right? You know, just because I was filming him freaking out. And uh, he just bit me and <laughs> now I got this bit bite me. mark. And then all of a sudden, you know, they got to deal with this, uh, you know, this critical case where this bite mark is, you know, turned into a huge fever and all of a sudden he died. Then they put him in the morgue. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you hear banging in the drawers. There's two things I think about that though. One is that that will take massive patience on the part of the people cr- basically yes. filming this show and, and creating this show. You know, they're going to have to, and the writers and producers who I know are probably itching to get to zombie stuff, they're going to have to rein it back in and be like, okay, we're going to tell this easing into the story, right? And I I feel like that will be hard for them. (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, it can be, it can be, look at Lost. Lost was a a very slow burn, Mm -hmm. right? It was this compelling story of survival in this, you know, awesome plane crash that happened uh, in the pilot episode. Uh, and it was a slow burn until like, what, you know, it was all like, what the F is going on? Yeah. Except that this time it's going to be more three's company where the audience knows exactly what's going on. But, uh, Jack and Chrissy and, uh, Janet, uh, are confused and especially Mr. Roper cause he's a complete idiot. Right. And that's the problem here. Uh, first of all, the audience knows what's going on and, we know what to expect. There were no expectations with Lost, right? They they had right. carte blanche to do whatever they wanted, and they could take their time. Here, everybody knows it's the zombie apocalypse. And by everyone, I mean the audience, but also the executives at AMC. They're going to be like, get to the zombies. That's what this people This is a love. zombie show. Show me some friggin' zombies. Right. Right. And I hope they have the intestinal fortitude to to rein that back and be like, we'll get to it. We'll do it. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. Um, let's, let's do this the right way. Now, that being said, is that the right way? Because when you think about it, if they're going to spend six episodes, which in this case amounts to a whole season going about regular daily life, we're going to develop something on this show in these six episodes that will never really pay off because sure, we're going to get six episodes of regular life, but then the zombie apocalypse comes full on and we're into zombie apocalypse survival type show. So what was the point of showing all that regular day-to-day stuff? Well, I, I think it's got to be somewhere in the middle and it's going to be a razor's edge that uh, we're all going to have to walk, which is one of the reasons I think that I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about this show. God, if they, if they pull it off in that way, it could be really, really good. But you know, they have to come, they have to think about what, what is this show about? Is this show about the beginning of the zombie apocalypse? If it is, we can't, you know, have a full-on zombie apocalypse by the end of the first season because then what is this show about this is just you know the walking dead you know part two on the west coast yeah which is fine because you know get on a cigarette boat and uh, go up to malibu uh find a nice place up there it's not as populated as say uh san diego for example you go up to malibu you find a nice place you hang out there for the you know apocalypse well here's the last quote i have from kirkman And this may address sort of what we're talking about. He says, the general dynamic is the same as The Walking Dead. These are characters that are focused on survival, and they're not focused on saving the world, and they're not focused on curing the outbreak. They're focusing on making sure they have enough food, making sure they're in a safe place, and making sure that they're not being attacked. 
In that respect, it will be somewhat similar to the original show, but they're going to be surviving in much different ways. And they're going to be with much different people and be in an extremely different location. So even though they are after the same goal, they will be arriving at that goal in a much different way. Right. So head to Tony Stark's house. Yeah. But see, that quote brings me back to Earth a little bit when I'm thinking about, you know, of all the neat things they could do with this show and and uh, whatever. This is kind of like him saying, well, don't don't get too crazy because this is going to be a little bit more of the same just in a different location right well i think this, the first season could be really interesting and then at the, at the end of the first season and subsequent seasons can be you know survival in the zombie apocalypse like we have in the walking dead but in a different location but they have to be careful for, with that as well because you can't film downtown los angeles every episode because that's going to be very expensive real fast you know, having to turn multiple streets of downtown LA into a an apocalypse land. Well, they're shooting in Vancouver now, right? Uh, they they did they shot the pilot entirely in Los Angeles. Now they're shooting in Vancouver, but the point holds. I mean, you can't. I'm sure shooting the zombie apocalypse in Vancouver is just as expensive, yeah. right? Shutting the city down or whatever. So they have to go to rural locations. They have to go to you know that you know maybe uh, buy a house in Malibu and shoot the whole friggin' series there. In a house? Yeah, in a house. <laughs> it will be a very uh, talky, introspective version of The Walking Dead Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they film whole reality shows in a single house. Oh, they sure do. Big Big Brother? How, what season is Big Brother on? Like I, 78 or something? I have no idea. I, I don't watch any of that stuff. No, me neither. Anyhow, we don't have too much longer to wait to find out what this show is going to be all about. Um, it premieres on August the 30th, as we've determined. <laughs> yep. Um, or September 6th. Yeah, I'm going with August 30th. Right. Uh, so we can all look forward to that and we'll be doing some podcasts related to it. So good times. Um, all right, Jason, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about iZombie, this new zombie show that we've watched some episodes of. So stay tuned for that. The Talking Dead podcast is entirely listener-supported, everyone. So if you want to find out how you can help out and help us uh, you know, keep this show going and, and on the air, please visit Patreon at patreon.com slash thetalkingdead. There you can make a small monthly pledge to just uh, show some support and throw, it, throw a little uh, a buck or two our way every month. We really, really appreciate that. And at the higher levels, like gold and platinum, there are some unique rewards you can earn by uh, by by donating to the show that way. 
Um, you can also help by using our Amazon links by going to talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon and then clicking on the store of your choice, or I should say the country of your choice, whatever's most appropriate for you. That's a really great way to help out because it doesn't cost you an extra penny. And when you do all your shopping at Amazon, a small cut uh, goes away from Amazon and comes to us. So it's a really, really great way of, of supporting the show. We thank everyone for their donations and their support. Um, and uh, it makes us very happy. Thank you. All right, we're back. Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. We are now going to talk about this new zombie TV show called iZombie. When um, when that other show, that other show, what, what's that other zombie show called that I can never remember the zombie name Nation. of? Zombie Nation. When Zombie Nation came on, we watched an episode of that and we talked about it. So I think it's only fair that we talk about iZombie. So I watched the first two episodes. I hope you did, too. I did. This is a TV show based on a DC comic, and it stars Rose McIver, Malcolm Goodwin, and Raul Coley. Now, from the IMDb, the description is, A medical resident finds that being a zombie has its perks, which she uses to assist the police. There you go. <laughs> I, could, I almost couldn't get through that. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, on the surface it describes the show, but really really doesn't tell you a lot so not a lot no um basically what this show is is um there's a girl she is undead but this is a different take on zombies she's not a sort of flesh-eating monster that really has no higher brain power and just wants to kill you this is a zombie who can hold down a normal life who is really pale and has red eyes so you know they're sort of dead but they also could just be like a goth she's just emo <laughs> Just emo, but uh, but but needs to eat brains, and so she gets a job. Wants to eat brains. She doesn't need to eat brains. No, she does need to eat them. I'll, hold on a second. She she she. So she gets a job at uh, the police morgue or body yep. processing place, and she steals a little bit of brain from everybody. She uh, she processes and eats it. Now to, to your point, I think. She does need to eat the brains. Eating them, as far as I understood, is what keeps her ability to stay human. Without oh, without okay. eating those brains, she deteriorates into like the mindless monster that typical zombies are. Well, see, just the thing is, I saw her eating Cheetos, and I know that that doesn't satisfy her, but uh, uh, I, I, you know, she can eat other foods other than brains. Uh, but she, I just thought that she liked to eat brains and got certain benefits from eating the brains. Right. Which, which is obvious because she uses the, uh, the brains to, uh, help assist with the police in the police investigation. Right. So what happens is she, when she eats someone's brain, she in, she ends up with some of their memories and apparent 
apparently their skills too. Right. She gains some skills. And and so she uses these memories of the dead people that she's eating to assist the cop in solving the murders. So what did you think of this show, Jason? I just want to hear your thoughts before we dive into it any any deeper. Well, first off, I like the idea of a different take on the uh, on the zombie. In this case, uh, she has retained her personhood. She's not just a mindless automaton that is going and trying to quench uh, her insatiable hunger by you know attacking the nearest person and just kind of chowing down. So she she is still a person. She's still a uh, you know a thinking person, but she just is not a living person anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel pain. She doesn't uh, uh, she doesn't have metabolic functions, as far as I could tell. Uh, she doesn't bleed because apparently she got shot once and uh, there was blood, but uh, she didn't bleed when uh, they were pulling the the uh, the slug out. So. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It's got kind of a uh, a Buffy the Vampire kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, mixed with a, a kind of uh, formulaic whodunit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like uh, formulaic whodunits. And I kind of liked Vampire the Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Vampire yeah. the Buffy Slayer. <laughs> right. Um, so it's got it's kind of hitting a lot of the buttons that I kind of like but it's, I think it's skewed a little too young for me so I'm uh, I'm having a hard time getting invested in the show and I don't think I'll continue watching it for that reason okay see I can see your point that it skews a little younger I mean you and I are old men now so it yeah. it, it it does go for the more 20 something yeah. they market cars to you and me not uh, television shows correct not a lot of television shows correct but that being said, I like this show a lot more than I expected to. And and I really enjoyed it. And I think I am going to to watch some more. I might finish out the first season. I don't know how many episodes there are, but I think you really have to the best shows you have to give a a chance to develop, right? I mean, right. nothing is perfect right out of the gate and it sometimes takes some time. Um and so I saw enough here that I liked that I want to give it that time to yeah. to turn into something. Now, having said that, I do think I feel like they were doing they might have been doing a little bit too much in this in these two episodes, but that's what I mean about giving it some time, time like things go down and maybe they'll realize that certain things aren't really working, so they kind of push those to the back and eventually forget about them altogether. But what I mean by that is like we have this girl who is you know, she, she's got her own issues trying to deal with being a zombie. Right. Um, she's trying to deal with this. There's the supernatural element of her taking over the feelings and the skills of the brains, the people's whose brains she's eat, she eats. Yep. She's we've got the whole police solving crime angle. Um, and and then they've also introduced the possibility of other zombies existing in this in this universe. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And. And I'm not sure they need all those things. For me, I'll be honest, I thought sort of just the stuff of her trying to deal with being a zombie and learn to live with it and figure out the rules and what to do. I thought that was the most interesting part about the whole thing. And I'd almost wish that was the whole show. Um, Working in the morgue and eating the brains as basically a supply of brains, I thought was really, really clever. I didn't really need the supernatural element to it, although I'm okay with it. You know, it, it adds a wrinkle that's kind of interesting. Really, the one thing I didn't need was the whole police investigation solving crimes. I thought that was the the least interesting part of the whole thing. And part of it was that I really didn't like the guy who plays the main cop. Right. 
for me, all he ever did in this show was um, ask her, Liv, Liv is her name, ask her, you know, do you have anything? Do you see which anything? Is, which is ironic. It is. Because she's dead. She's not alive. So Liv is dead. Oh, haha. <laughs> Funny. It didn't occur to me. <laughs> Liv is dead. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh man, I just, I want more of her trying to deal with the zombie stuff. Forget about these like half-baked uh, murders that seem to be solved with the snap of a finger and right. and like there's just not enough they they either need to focus on the crime solving or the zombie being <laughs> the right. zombieism and, and i think that's one of the reasons that i'm not going to continue watching the show is that i like whodunits mm-hmm. i like that formulaic uh you know st- structured uh, a crime has occurred and you have to solve the crime by you know following various clues and things i love those mm-hmm. I, uh, I, you know, my wife and I watch them all the time, and I think we're kind of connoisseurs of that, of that genre. And this doesn't meet, like, in order for me to want to watch a show like that, it has to have something compelling and interesting. And I think as a whodunit, this show doesn't quite have it for me. As a, um, as a zombie, compelling supernatural zombie show, uh, it has some interesting ideas, but Again, it didn't. Uh, it doesn't quite get there for me to continue watching the show. And that's, I think, that's what I'm trying to say. Like they're spreading it a little too thin, right? You either need the compelling whodunit cop crime solving angle, and you need to do that really well, or you need to get rid of that and do the sort of zombie trying to live with that kind of thing and learn learn about being a zombie stuff. You need to do that really well. And right now, they've got both going on, and neither are really holding up the show. Right. Um, so I think, you know, if they could just pick an angle and go one way or the other, it would be okay. In my opinion, I would prefer that they drop the, the police stuff and go with the more zombie stuff, but I could see how you might argue the opposite. Yeah. Well, they need a, they need a reason for her to continue, uh, you know, in in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer genre or, you know, in that show, she had a compelling reason for, uh, you know, fighting vampires, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's in her lineage. This is just what she does. And, uh, she has to continue doing it because, uh, you know, if she doesn't, she's going to probably die. Right. So that's where this is going. It's a, she's got, sure. She's got this condition where she's undead and has to eat brains, but if that's all it was, it would get real boring real fast. So they need outside plot devices. And what's the best way to get an outside plot device? formulaic murder mystery yeah i know but i don't know like what if the what if the the murder mystery stuff was a single case over the course of a season instead of a new case every every week now you're wanting the show targeted to you it's not targeted to you it's targeted to somebody who has an attention span of a uh you know a one episode arc yeah right every episode you have to be you have to introduce the characters introduce the plot and wrap everything up Right, and, and then you can have a certain uh, amount of uh, overarching storyline because if you don't, then well, you kind of need that for the other people like you and me to be even remotely interested. Well, but see, they're they're doing that with the zombie stuff, but they're not doing it with the crime solving stuff, and they just need to do it with the crime solving stuff. And I think I'd be on board. I mean, I can only really speak from my own desires and perspective, right? I mean, I'm not 25 anymore. I've been 25 in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> so, you and me both. You and me both, sister. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all, all I'm saying is I feel like there's enough interesting stuff about 
about the zombies. I mean, she has to keep brain, eating the brains, like I said, to help prevent her from deteriorating into a traditional mindless sort of zombie. But the thing is, she also still has this full on, she calls it full on zombie mode, right? Where it seems like she can control it, but she can kind of go into zombie mode. Her eyes change color and, you know, she, I guess, can just rip people apart. Yeah, um, superpowers, yeah. It's a, it's like a superpower, but I wasn't sure at first if she could control that or if it was like the Hulk. When she got angry, she turned into full on zombie mode. Uh, you know, but the Hulk in the, in the Avengers uh, can, can sort of control himself. No, sort of, for but let's, some reason. Let's just talk traditional Hulk. Like he got angry, he turned into the Hulk, he couldn't control it, right? Right. And once once it started, it got away from him and he couldn't stop it. Um. Anyways, I think just the zombie stuff is was cool in this show, an, an interesting different take on it. And I felt like this, the police stuff suffered because of that. They were just trying to do too much within one, with one, ep, within one episode or one show. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I think I am going to give it a little, uh, more of a chance, um, because we'll see, you never know. They might settle down, slow it down a little bit and, uh, tell the story over the course of the season a bit more. Right. Um, well, you're going to have to help me because it didn't quite get there for me. Yeah. But after the season, if you continue watching it, if it does get there, you let me know. Cause then I'll come back and, uh, and start watching it right on board. Eh? Yeah. Um, two other points I have here. Uh, one is that I felt like they made her look a tiny bit too pale and gothy for me. I, I think the pale skin and, and the dark, like sort of the dark eye makeup she has on for me, it was just a little bit beyond, you know, where I think people wouldn't be asking more questions because, <laughs> Oh, I see. Cause nobody, nobody knows she's a zombie except a select few people on the, on the show, but she really, really looks, you know, half dead. Okay. So tell me this, if you encounter someone on the street or encounter someone uh, at work who is wearing obviously weird goth makeup, uh, I assume you, they're dead. You you would assume that they're the undead and yeah. stick a stake through their heart just in case. Well, I might run away. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe a lot of people are just, you know, when you encounter someone who's obviously up and walking around and talking, uh, that they are a living, breathing human being. And regardless of what kind of face makeup they're wearing, you just kind of normally would let it slide. <sighs> now, she's just this weird girl who is wearing... Weird you know, gothy makeup. It must be a new style. Like there's a new style out now where uh, all these young people are dyeing their hair gray like old ladies. That's Have a thing. That? No. That's a thing. Oh yeah, my God. Okay, well, look, I take your point that in reality, no one immediately assumes undead because, you know, that's a not a thing, <laughs> not a real thing. <laughs> right. But just in TV land, I mean, this was a, this was a girl, a woman who was completely normal, had it together, had a good job, was engaged, you know, and then this happens. And now suddenly she's all like white face makeup and dark eyes. And, and they do question it a little bit. They all think it's a little bit strange, but no one is like, Hey, maybe you're an undead zombie. I knew a girl in high school who, uh, who almost went through that exact transformation. She was just this nice, normal uh, high school age kid who uh, I, I knew and used to hang out in uh, in class with. And then all of a sudden she went to this one party. And then afterwards she was like, bam, she was punk. Like she was like way off the end, uh, full on mohawk and heavy makeup, 
punk rocker, and then her parents sent her off to rehab for a while. It was a whole thing. I mean, you know, if if uh, zombie television shows had been around at that time, I probably would have thought she was undead. Did, was but, the party she went to on a boat? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't at that party. Well, that's it sounded lucky. like a hell of a party, but uh, no, I didn't go to that party. Just It seemed like she just went to that one party and her entire life had changed and she just went way off the deep end. All Maybe right. that's what everybody's just assuming here. She went to a party, she had a hard trip on some kind of weird recreational drug, and uh, she you know, broke up with her fiancé. Now she's wearing her makeup weird and working in a morgue. You know, she's just gone batshit. Okay, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll take your... I'll take your uh, your uh, explanation there. It works. It, it, I'm okay with it now. All right. It is weird though. Um, the other thing I really liked is the comic book still frames that served as transitions between scenes. Yeah. I thought that was a simple, nice touch that w- looked really good. And the opening credits. I like the opening credits too. The opening credits. Yeah. All sort of comic book type frames. So, yeah. so I think there's a lot to like with this show and my God, did I like it a lot, much, so much better than zombie nation. Oh, yeah. Well, God, I was expecting some kind of like, what the hell? Some zombie chick is working in a morgue? This is going to be weird and stupid. It was a hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Good. I'll I'll give you that for sure. All right. So I say everyone give it a chance if you haven't. It does skew a little young. If you're like old farts like we are, it it does skew a little young. But I think I'm going to keep watching it and and I'll get through the first season and uh, we'll go from there. You know, and it isn't along the lines of, uh, you know, very well-established campy whodunits. Like, look at Matlock, for crying out loud. Matlock was a, is a campy whodunit. That, uh, uh, you look at The Glades, you look at The Finder, you have, uh, what is the name of that show with, uh, oh, geez, I forget the name of the show. He's He used to be a, uh, a religious evangelist bilking people out of their money, but now he helps the, pol- uh, the, the police solve crimes. I forget his name. I don't know. I got no idea. Have I anyway, watched there's it? lots of there's lots of I don't know. I don't think so. I, I watched watched the first couple of seasons with my wife until the the main uh, police character was so annoying we had to stop watching it. Okay, but yeah, it it follows along the lines of uh, a lot of well established campy whodunits, and uh, so that th- there is that. It just it doesn't quite get there for me. Okay, well. We'll see. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes. I recommend you give it a chance if you're listening, though. Uh, that is I Zombie, new show, pretty cool. Um, all right, that's gonna do it. Uh, we will get around to reviewing um, the Walking Deceased one of these days. I still, will we? yes, we will. We will. It might we not take to. long. <laughs> that may be a spoiler for your thoughts on it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so we're gonna. I'm gonna do my best to get that, and uh, and and watch it. We'll talk about that maybe next time. Um, but uh, until then, if you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call on the toll free phone number. That's one eight six six four eight three nine six six two. You can send us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail or find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Um, Jason, should we do an actor spotlight? We should do one or two this summer, probably. We should do an actor spotlight. All right. So we'll figure that out. We'll talk about who we want to uh, shine the spotlight on for the next time, and we'll announce that next time. Um, we, I think we have a few choices. We could probably pick a uh, Alexandria resident, probably. Yep. There's one or two in there that I think we could go with. So we'll figure that out for next time. Uh, that should be in a couple of weeks. 
hopefully we don't have to reschedule again because the human excrement hit the oscillating rotator. Yeah. <laughs> I think that works. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll come back in a more regular schedule. And then, of course, on August 30th, when Fear the Walking Dead premieres, we'll be full on back to back to stuff then. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it, everyone. Until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. I don't detect any lies there. I just detect awesomeness. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Everything it does that Rick, Rick slept through, that's all right. Uh, I will be right back to read more of his quotes. Hold on. I guess, uh, I guess I'm, it's just me then. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, more quotes. Let's see here. Reuben Blades. Reuben Blades was born on July 16th, 1948 in Panama City, Panama. Reuben Blades uh, Belido de Luna. He is an actor known for Safe House in 2012, Predator 2 in 1990, and Do the Right Thing in 1989. Uh, you know, there's a link for see full bio. So let's go with... Uh, Cliff Curtis. All right. Cliff Curtis was born in Rotorua, New Zealand in on July 27th, 1968. He is of New Zealand Maori descent. Um, and he enrolled at the New Zealand Drama School and then the Tetro Dmitri, all these words, Skula in Switzerland. After returning to New Zealand from Europe, he was cast in The Piano in 1993. Subsequent roles. Uh, so, and then, sorry, then see full bio for more information. All right, what else we got here? Kim Dickens. I know Kim Dickens. All right, so Kim Dickens was born on June 18th, 1965 in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, USA as Kimberly Jan Dickens. She is an actress known for Gone Girl in 2014, The Blind Side 2009, and Hollow Man in 2000. Uh, okay, I didn't know she was in The Blind Side. I didn't see The Blind Side. All right, who's next here? We got Mercedes Mason. Born into a multinational family, Mercedes Mason moved to the United States from Sweden at the age of 12. At age 13, she was discovered by Ford Modeling Agency, launching her into an international modeling career while attending high school. While studying philosophy, uh, sorry, psychology in college, she booked her first audition opposite Vince Vaughn in 2006's The... Oh, no, now i got to see full bio. The Breakup. And then there's uh, a whole bunch of stuff. So she was in, uh, what did I see her in? She was in Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, NCIS Los Angeles, uh, 666 Park Avenue. Is that still going on, that show? I heard about that show. Has it been canceled? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it sure looks like it. All right. Uh, the Finder, that's where I know her from. Uh, Chuck, Traffic Lights, Castle, Three Rivers. Oh, that was a short-lived show. Uh, the Closer, a good show. I like that show. Uh, breakup. All right, who's next here? Oh, and Chris is back. Sorry. Talking to yourself while I was gone? No, I was reading the bios of the cast of Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare that I have to take a crap that badly in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> well, you didn't have to. Okay, it's fine. But, but it happens. You, you can just air this whole thing, you know. Oh, I suppose I could. We'll see. Not anymore. <laughs> Except for that crap comment. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> no, I just went through the cast and started reading their IMDb profiles. 
Okay, good. Well, I'll listen back later. All right. <laughs> That'll be fun. 